Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we have Matt Shields with us. Um, Matt is from Invest in Square Feet podcast. He has extensive experience in multifamily, um, property management, development, and also technology. He started a technology company way back when. So Matt is going to have a good, fresh perspective for us here. Matt, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Gabe, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to... Uh to hopefully spread some knowledge around here. I love it. That's what we like. So uh, I told you before we got on here, we like stories. Um, we like to hear how people kind of got into real estate. So why don't you take us back at the start of your story? How'd you get started in real estate? Cool. Yeah. So I actually have been involved in real estate very, very young. I started putting roofs on houses when I was 11 years old. By the time I was 16, I pretty well knew how to do everything in real estate uh, with the exception of electrical. So out of wow. high school, I joined uh, an electrical apprenticeship program. And uh, I basically did that because that was the missing piece for uh, you know our, our impending real estate that we wanted to purchase. So uh, worked out really well, did the five-year apprenticeship program, started my own electrical contracting company. Then I started buying houses and fixing them up and selling them. And uh, uh, when the electrical contracting business was slow, I would have the guys go and start working on on the houses. So that's that was my first taste of the real estate game. Um, flash forward uh, to 2008, the economy kind of tanked and I lost the electrical contracting company, but I had started uh, designing software to be able to control buildings. We got, started getting involved in uh, energy management programs and whatnot. So we were controlling lighting systems, HVAC systems remotely. Uh, and fortunately, in uh, 2008, the first iPhone came out, which then the whole app thing you know, evolved. So we took some of that knowledge that we had learned in the the building control systems and started our our hands in on the uh, the app development. And one thing led to another, and that got into the the technology company that started doing well. Then I stepped up into the apartment game. So now we invest in large multifamily real estate. So um <laughs> I like how you said one thing led to another. Like it's just it was a natural it just started from being an electrician to starting a technology company to now doing multifamily. Yep. Yep. Exactly. You got to keep it interesting, right? <laughs> there you go. Um but man, I love uh I love that you started at 11. I'm always uh, jealous of people that are in real estate and that got started super young because uh first of all it would have been fun doing that stuff when you're so young, like putting it together, kind of like a, a giant Lego set to be working with. Um, so that was really cool. When you, uh, I know on the software side, you guys are really big into processes and, uh, and you mentioned Scrum before you came on the podcast. Um, I kind of want, let's jump into that direction real quick mm -hmm. because when you're running a, a business, the number one thing that you need to nail is your processes. Um, any, even when it comes to real estate, you need to have a process for everything. And the minute that your processes fail is the minute that you your business starts to fail. And so mm -hmm. let's talk about how you guys um, operate your property management company, how you guys use, as you mentioned, the Scrum methodology to uh, to push your real estate business forward. 
Yep. Yep. So I would say that, again, the processes go back to what we refer to as the SOPs, the standard operating procedures, right? So we actually have an online manual uh, where it's just an interactive PDF that everyone contributes to. And, and those processes are built by everyone else, everyone in the industry. So if there's something, this is a great way to be able to look at this. If there's something that you do repeatedly over and over again, there needs to be a process for that. So that, that's a great way to be able to identify what needs to be and what need what doesn't need to be a process. Sometimes there's just things that you do every once in a while. Don't bother you know, taking the time to create a process around that, you'll just drive yourself crazy. But if this is something that's being done every week, every every day, every month, you know, definitely create a process. That way, if that person is out or sick or somebody new comes in, whatever it is, you have that ability to be able to hand that, in our case, that interactive PDF over and they start, uh, they can start doing it the way that it was done. And then don't be afraid to update that or allow people to, add their own flavor, their own input, their own thought processes in that into that because they may find a better way to do things or streamline things, right? So this is this is one of the core things that we do when we go into a business with the technology side of things. We basically help everyone identify what their process is uh, and then in our case we then digitize that, right? So one of the other ways that we look at this is we we create in some cases hundreds of sentences and the sentence framework is as the blank i should be able to blank right so as the secretary i should be able to see who I, who who all works for us right so there's always these things that you wish that you knew wish that you had access to by by placing this in front of your employees it gives them a way to be able to say, um, yes, this is something I've been wishing for. This is something that is always a pain. I'd never know this. And you expose all of those things. And then again, if you're on the process of of creating a digital form, you have the information or it's just information that you can create into, into your processes. Um, but I, on, on the Scrum side of things, and for those who don't really understand what Scrum is, it's a way of... Um, measuring things and tracking things to make sure that they are always moving in a positive direction. So again, after years of having a technology company, we got into the real estate side of things and I was looking at the construction and they're still using Gannett charts and, you know, trying to, trying to forecast when things are going to be done on the Gannett chart. And the Gannett charts are just not accurate at all. It's terrible way of being able to manage things. And that's a, a lot of people know those as a waterfall charts, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So what we did was we we took a different approach and we're actually in the process of creating a software right right now in the technology company to be able to bring this sort of to the next level. But um so what we do is we'll go through the entire project again imagine this multifamily uh apartment you've got 11 different buildings, 100 units let's just say that's set on land. So we we take a very um, over, high overview look at this, right? So um, from the land perspective, the landscaping perspective, that's sort of stage one. That's very high level. That's going to impact sort of the whole property, right? So we have people go around and take the pictures of, you know, this shrub needs to be trimmed or taken out, or we need to plant grass over here, or the leaves need to be cleared, whatever, whatever it is, right? 
So we have this list of all of that stuff that needs to be done on the landscaping side of things. And they're taking pictures to be able to, to prove all this too. Then we look at the building structures. There's 11 buildings. Building A needs to have the roof redone and windows broken and gutters replaced, painted, whatever it is. So we create that list. And then we go inside of building A and apartment one, two, three, four. We go through each one of the, 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 the units and take pictures in the living room. And this needs to be done. So you're, you're creating this complete list of everything that needs to be done on that property, you know, from the high level overview of the entire property down to the, the bedroom in, you know, building 1A, right? So once you have this entire list and all of these pictures, uh, we actually use this this sheet that has a bunch of dogs on it. And this is kind of where the, 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 the unique part is. So um, saying, you said dogs. Yes. Dogs. Yeah. So there's okay. uh, there is eight, there's nine dogs on this, on this sheet. And the first dog is like this little tiny to- toy poodle, little puffy thing, really, really cute. Right. Uh, and that is a weight of two. Uh, and then uh, the weight of 21 is this, you know, this wolf that is, Massive, yeah. yeah, just massive, you know, it's snarling at you and all of that. So you're going through then and and you're going through and weighting each one of these tasks that you have to do, right? So this is, this drywall needs to be replaced or this shrub needs to be you know, ripped out, whatever it is. You're giving a weight, is that a little toy poodle or is that a big ravenous wolf? And if you ever are in a situation in where in terms of the effort that it would require to complete that exactly. task, or is it how important that task is to? No, it's the effort. The effort to complete the task, right? Okay. Like how big of a project is this? Um, and if you feel like you're like you have a pack of wolves around you for one of these tasks, then that means that task is not broken down enough. So you need to break it down into smaller tasks until you get to at least twenty-one, or maybe it's you know a. Uh, a two, five, and an eight by the time it's all done. So you do this whole thing and then you end up coming out with the the total number of pro or the total number of weight for the project. Let's just say it's 5,000 points, right? You've added up the twos, the 12s and 21s and all of that. It comes up to be 5,000 points. So you still don't know how, how long any of this is going to take or anything at this point. But uh, what you now have is again each one of your tasks, and as as the crews are going through and they're using this as a checklist, I did this, I did this, I did this. Over over the days and and initial weeks, what you're doing is you're establishing the velocity of the team. You're establishing how many points can we get done on a daily basis. And what this does is a couple different things. Like again, going back to the Gannett charts or the waterfall charts, whatever you want to call it, you can't tell until you know your months past you know whether or not anything's falling behind right we can tell the like days of you know what happened today why you know you're you're normally producing 50 points a day why did you only produce 10 points today um and then we can get into what's going on like are they running into roadblock is there issues did somebody just slack off that day right so it, it keeps everyone accountable and it keeps the the project on track and what that also does is Again, once you have that velocity, that average velocity, again, let's just say that it's 50 points a day, you've got 5,000 points. If we're doing 50 points a day, we know exactly about when we should be done with that project. So it allows us to be able to predict you know, accurately when that project is going to be, going to be done. Um, we have turns that people need to move into and the leasing team doesn't want to 
doesn't want to promise this to anyone without knowing about when it's going to be done, right? So this allows us to be able to say, you know, this 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 unit, this turn is going to be, you know, whatever it is, 100 points. So that should take us 10 days or whatever the average is, right? So it's a great way to be able to keep everyone accountable and and track exactly how long that project will take, both from a, from a macro level, but down to, again, the turn level and the sort of the daily operations level. So that's the way that we manage you know, the, 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 the construction and the, the, um, you know, the turns of the, the units. So does that make sense? Yeah. No, it makes sense. And I, I love it. I'm kind of geeking out over here. Uh, you know, back when I was in corporate, I did that kind of stuff and, um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And I like that, how, how you guys kind of applied it to real estate. The dog thing is awesome <laughs> because yep. it's good to have a visual representation of something that is, that's more of an emotional thing. Like, is it going to take, it's going to take a lot of effort. Then you have this yep. representation of a, of a wolf. So, and and that that's actually key because if you don't have that representation as to what that weight actually you know can can represent, you get all all kinds of uh, you know different opinions as to how long you know different projects would take. So you're kind of applying it to the same the same visual, the same feeling, emotion, um, and it all works out the same in the end. But it just we found that it works. It works better if you're able to tie it to to something different because um, you know the way that it ends up working out is if you're giving everything a 21, then and you're checking all of that off, then your velocity is just going to be more. Your velocity is going to be higher than the guy who was picking the twos and the eights and the twelve because you're able to check more things off. So you still end up creating your average to to be able to to you know complete the tasks that you that you chose. So yeah, nice. Um, so for people who want, who like what you just said, and they like the process and they want to implement it in their own business, it sounds like this is ideal when you're repositioning or rehabbing a, uh, a property. Um, so if they want to use this process in their business, the way if, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but the way that you guys do it, the simplified version is you go to the property, you take pictures of all the different tasks that need to be completed, all the mm -hmm. the, the repairs that need to be done. Um, and then when you take that picture, you assign a number value to it, right? One to 10, one to, what'd you say? 21? Uh, so, like yeah. So it's uh, basically two through 21 and it goes two, four, six, eight, 12, 16, and 21. I think those are all the numbers that you would use. Okay. Um, so it's not, it's, uh, it's not incremental. Um, no, no, okay. no. Yeah. You, you kind of skip, you, you skip and, and. Um, I forget what that's called. There's a term for that sequence of numbers that, um, again, like we Fibonacci sequence. Or something it, it's, like. It kind of is. It kind of is something like that. And again, I don't remember. I don't think it's Fibonacci, but it's it's along those same same lines. And again, this was we've used this for God, I don't know, ten years or so in the technology company. So this is the way that we build all the technology too. Um, yeah. You know, same same type of thing. And this is also. And you can Google all of this, you know, Google Scrum, Google burn down charts. That's what all of this stuff basically is, is, is basically a burn down chart. And there's, there's different softwares out there that allow you to, to track this um, as well. So, yep. So for people who want to use this, um, they take the pictures, they give it the, the, the number value. And then what you said is that if you have any specific category specific bucket of activities that need to take place if they're above a, a threshold of of value then it needs to be broken down even further yeah so so the end the the highest on ours this wolf 
that's like snarling at you Mm -hmm. um, is 21. So if you feel like you have a pack of wolves around you, like this is just such a huge task, then break that task down more so that it's, you know, focused into at least this one, this one dog, right? So rather than saying, um, you know, we need to rebuild this wall, it's, we need to remove the drywall, we need to remove the studs, we need to run the electric, right? So, you know, you're kind of breaking it down into each one of those granular tasks nice. that, that would go into around that. you. You got to make them into poodles. You got to, you got to yeah, break exactly. them down into the toy yep. poodle. Love that. Exactly. All right. So that's super useful, especially for, you know, as I said, repositioning, rehabbing. Um, I also like how you kind of had the business requirements gathering kind of idea um, when you're building processes in your business. And so mm-hmm. you mentioned it earlier. And I feel like it's super useful. Um, the line that you said was as the blank, I should be able to blank. And so that's that's what you guys use to kind of identify what needs to happen um, in each individual role, correct? Correct. Yeah. So we will actually go through the entire company and give everyone that structure. And then they they fill in whatever whatever the thing is that they either currently do or that they wish that they could do. So we we do break it down into um you know, what they currently do. So again, they basically name their current position. I should be able to do this, 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 this. And then, you know, as the look at it from the wish perspective as the X, I should, I wish that I could be able to do this, this, and this, but um, so that that's where we can see what's missing or where the, um, you know, kind of the unknown information might be, might be, uh, might be a miss on the current processes and causing problems in the current processes. Because again, that's that's one thing a lot of people don't necessarily do either is they don't look at the whole picture and where where the friction is, right? Are there things that are always constantly coming up that are missing or being lost or whatever, whatever it is causing causing uh problems or or tension, those are the opportunities that you should be able to focus in on and and work on streamlining and and ironing out. Yeah, I feel like systematizing your business should be the number one priority for every every investor out there because it's what gives you your time back. We all, you know, we invest. It's a um, we're doing it as a it's you know it's a money making activity. And if you're trying to do all the tasks, then you have no time for your life. Um, yeah. And so systematizing is it, what's it's what gives you that time back. Um, and you said earlier you go anything that is repeated uh, you need to start creating processes for it how do you guys go about creating those processes and making sure that um like how do you actually doc- document them i know you said you had a manual do you um do you have people record the steps that they take or what are the actual yes. what are the ways that people actually go and create those processes yep so there's there's a number of different ways to do this um we'll we'll use again depending on who it is uh and and where it is we have different types of tools that we use. So I think it's called Scribe. Scribe Now, I think, is basically a screen recording software that that we use where the person who um, who knows how to do the task will do a, a screen recording, walking through, you know, press this button, press that button, you know, press this. That then gets sent over to someone else who actually breaks that down into, we, we provide the video, but then also... Uh, the written step by steps where they essentially take screenshots with a direction, um, you know, do this, then this, and then this. Because again, what we found is some people don't like watching videos. It just takes too long to get through the video. So 
by providing both, we're basically providing for whoever it is that is looking at this this material. If they prefer the video, watch the video. If they prefer just to you know skim through some type of a document, um, skim through that document. If it's more on the physical side of things, so again on the maintenance side of things. Um, you know, turning on and off the boiler, right? Step one, do this. And it, that's just a series of of pictures and an explanation, which then that same person puts into a document. And we link all of that to that main hub, that interactive PDF. So it might le- it might link out to, you know, Scribe Now or whatever that software is, or it might link out to a Google Doc that has all the pictures and or you know, Google, Google Doc that has pictures and and written information. So you know, we use different tools to be able to bring that all together, but it's all housed in that one that yeah. one PDF. So that one PDF is kind of the link to be able to get out to wherever wherever that information is held at. And the PDF, you don't have one PDF for your business. You have one PDF for each role, correct? Uh, so the way that we've done it uh, is, again, depending what business we're talking about uh, on the on the property management, yeah, yeah, on the property management side of things, this is. Um, it's broken down by, you know, here's the here's the property manager roles, and then all of the common things that the property managers do um, across all of the different properties. Here's the maintenance side of things. Now, the maintenance side of things gets a little bit specific on a building by building basis because everyone has different systems. So, you know, we'll have different different icons depending on what property it is that that you're going to. But then there's the more common things like closing out a service request. Um, we use Yardi, so there's a the process that they should know how to go through, no matter what building they're at. So it kind of depends on, you know, who it is. But that that one document is shared with everyone. That way, if uh, what we found too is a lot of times, so if you if you break it up in an interdepartment type of way, you may be causing friction. You guys might be doing something this way because that's the way that it was done, or that's the way that somebody. Uh, decided to to do it, but it might be causing issues over in this other department. So by sharing all of the documentation with everyone, it allows you know the maintenance people to be able to look to to see well the office people are doing it because of this and vice versa. So um, that that helps eliminate some questions, some issues, and also opens up people's perspective as well. Like you know I'm I'm struggling because of this. Let me see why it is. Why are they doing it that way? You know, I, I, now I understand why they're doing it that way. But this way still makes more sense. So it it kind of brings everyone's thought process together to be able to identify what the best way of streamlining things are. And then the two groups will get together and say, "Yeah, that makes more sense. Let's do it that way." And then the doc, new new process, new document is is updated. Then at that point, so nice, man. Yeah, I I love this stuff. Um, it is it's super important. It's something that I honestly, I need to get better at. Um, you know, I've created processes for a lot, most of the big things, but I really need to really drill down, especially if you have turnover, um, for small things that VA, that a VA can do, you'll have a lot of turnover. And so if you do have that turnover, it's a lot better just to be able to hand them this document and say, Hey, here's what you need to do. Um, let me, you know, read this, watch this, let me know if you have any questions and, uh, we can go from there. So Really cool. I also like that you do you add the step by step written version as well as the video. Currently, I only do video, but I think I'm going to start doing that. Is take my video, give it to somebody who can break it, who can take my video, and then put it into individual steps in a PDF. Because yep. um, you're right, some people like reading, some people like watching. So 
Uh, yeah. Really good stuff. It, and if we found that if if you don't give it to them in the way that they like, then they won't use it, which then that doesn't do anybody any good, right? Yep. So we 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 found it best to be able to provide to both sides. Yep, makes sense. All right. Well, hey, man, uh, looks like we are running down the clock. We've been talking 100% about processes here. We haven't even talked about your multifamily. Um, let's <laughs> dive into that for just just two minutes. And then we're going to jump into the quick cool. question around. Um, so you went from your technology company into multifamily. How'd you make the jump? Uh, so for me, I've always been a big believer in seeking out people who have done it before me. So I started researching. Obviously, I came across Grant Cardone and I, I thought I like what he says, but I can't stand his personality. So <laughs> I basically started looking for a group that I connected with, mm. uh, and I found a group called Jake and Gino, which I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jake's uh, or Gino's been on the podcast before. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I joined them right after they started their their boot camp program, which was I think 2018. I think was when I joined, mm. um, and my partner also had the same philosophy. So I joined or I met him. Uh, we we realized that we had a lot of synergy together, and uh, you know, then we started started going after properties. And actually, right after I joined Jake and Gino, I figured it's a lot. You know, it's a lot of work going after the small ones. It's just as much work to go after the big ones. So I actually got a 425 unit uh, deal under contract in Tallahassee. Wow. Um, that uh, you know that that was the first one that I that I did. There's no way I should have been able to get that under contract or anything, but I think that the seller knew that there were issues with the property. So we ended up going through due diligence, found out that the stucco was failing on on one of the properties. There's three property, three portfolio property. Stucco was failing on one of them, you know, don't know mold, uh, you know, rotten studs underneath. So don't know what was going on there, but there's all kinds of moisture behind the stucco and they had like the big bulges down at the bottom. So we ended up backing out in, uh, in due diligence, but it was a great learning experience. And, uh, so we, we started from there. So we bought, um, we bought a 12 unit, then a 55 unit, then a 275 units, uh, 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 90 units where we just got under contract yesterday on another, I think that one's 230. Um, we have uh 350 that is very, very close to being under contract. So yeah. So again, we, we dove right at it and, uh, you know, just started, started applying what we knew and, and, uh, always, always trying to better ourselves and better our processes and systems and all of that. So that's how we, how we, how we launched into it. Yeah, that's great. Talk about uh, starting big, four twenty-five. That's you're not you're not screwing around there. Yeah, you know, like I said, it, it takes just as much work and just as much effort to be able to do the small ones as what it does the big ones. So um, we figured we'd, or I figured, and then I, I pulled some other people in with me from Jake and Gino actually. But that's that's the thing is, you know, when you have when you're around like-minded people, you have other resources, other people who can come in and and help you. It's not all me figuring yeah. this out. Um, so, so to get back to your original question, join a group, join people that are out there doing it, learn from other people that have done it before. Uh, that's, I'm, I'm a big believer in that in all, all forms of life. So I, I try not to, I try not to be the trailblazer in too many different things, you know? So. Yep. Join, uh, join people who've gone before. Love that. Yep, exactly. All right, last question before we get to the quick question round, um, we'll make this one short. Everybody's talking about doomsday coming up when it comes to uh, commercial real estate. Um, put your little crystal ball hat on and tell us what do you see for multifamily in the next uh, three years? 
So from our perspective, what, and what we're starting to see, good for us, bad for other people, but you know, people are getting in situations where they essentially have to sell and have to sell for you know a, a deal. And this, I would say that this has just started happening in the last. Uh, we had trickles of it for probably for the last six months, but more heavily in the last probably two months or so. So my prediction is that, yeah, there is going to be hurt. There is going to be people that are you know, going to lose money, but there's also going to be a lot of opportunity out there. Um, and one of one of the mentors through Jake and Gino, actually, um, his name's Bill Ham, told us, I think, again, right when we first started, and this made a lot of sense, don't wait until the opportunity is in front of you, right? You want to start getting this knowledge. You want to start collecting your team, collecting the investors so that when you find those opportunities, you have the ability to be able to capitalize on those opportunities. So um, for us, again, we're always out there meeting new people and and trying to um, you know, present these opportunities in the best, the best way that we possibly can. Because again, we feel that there's going to be more opportunities that are going to be coming down the, down the pike um, that, you know, are, are just because of the market conditions. So I don't think that, I don't think that the, the housing shortage is going to go away anytime soon. Uh, I think that's always going to be there. Um, maybe rents might not have as much of a, a higher, you know, raise that it's going up every, as much every month. Um, but if you're doing your underwriting correctly and being conservative enough with it, um, you know, underwrite for very, very conservative. And if you can do better then great. So that's the way we look at it. Yep. That's the right way to go. All right. That wraps up the first section. It is time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Starts with books or any form of education. Give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom, one for real estate. Ah, interesting. So general life wisdom and real estate. I always go back to never split the difference. If you've heard of that one, um, heard of it. yeah, yeah. So all about negotiation, communication, which is all life that's, you know, needed all the time. Um, real estate specifically, uh, I actually got a lot. This is a book that not very many people have heard of. It's called The Game. Um, uh, I yeah. can't remember who wrote it. Uh, uh, Neil, Neil something. Yeah, if right. you've heard of this one, yeah, I think that's yeah. right. I think it is Neil something. Yeah. So, so it's all about um, processes and systems and how to look at these different situations and that. Because again, a lot of people get bogged down in the in you know, oh my god, this this keeps happening, this keeps happening. This, this book puts manufacture. It's all about manufacturing, but you can apply it to anything basically. Um, but it's a great way to be able to look at your business uh, from a different lens, from a different. Uh, you know, a different production level, I guess you can say, right? So uh, that was that's a book that, again, not very many people talk about that I found very, very useful for for the the application of the the operations and all of that of running those those different businesses. So cool. Um, never split the difference. I, and multiple people have recommended that one. I haven't picked it up yet, oh, but gotta, I, uh, I do need to pick it up. I've heard yeah. it's uh, it's a good one, especially for really? real estate when you're negotiating. So yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he's got um. Uh, he's got a couple of things too. There's a masterclass that he that he taught to um, that, again, really, really, really good. Chris Voss. Yeah. I couldn't think what his name was at first. Yeah. I just uh, I just put it in my Amazon cart just now. There you go. I shouldn't there be doing things on my other screen, <laughs> but you mentioned it. So I just did it. All right. Next question is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Matt who was uh, just starting out as an electrician. Go back mm -hmm. to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. 
Um, so I would say I got I got wrapped up. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this earlier when my when my father passed away. Did I mention my father passing away when I was sixteen? No, no. Okay, so my father passed away when I was sixteen. He drowned in Cape Hatteras. So, um, and at the time, like he was the reason why I knew all of the stuff in the houses and all of that. So huge, huge change in my life, right? Yeah. Um, Before that, I was very, very self conscious and worried about what other what everyone thought about me. And after he passed away, I realized. Life is too short. Don't worry about what everybody thinks about you. But at the same time, I was still, I was still projecting, like you, you said, going forward a few years here. I was I had my electro contracting company. I was still playing the game of I have to have, you know, the newest car, the biggest house. I lived in a five thousand square foot house by myself. So I have to <laughs> have in all one of the quarter, just gotta yeah, hang exactly. <laughs> I, I, I literally walked like three rooms, the kitchen, the living room and my bedroom and the bathroom was really the only rooms that I ever walked in. Right. It was stupid. But I, <laughs> I, I, I was, I still had this, this mentality of, I need to project this, this image or this thought because I worried what people thought about me. Um, and if going back, I would say, don't just really reinforce, like, don't get caught in that game of, you know, and it's even worse today with, you know, all Instagram and all of that. These people are making it seem like they have all of this stuff and it's, you know, they really probably don't. Right. So don't get caught up in any of that stuff and, you know, just do things that make you happy and and everything will be just fine. So that's the advice I'd give to my younger self. Yeah, that is uh, that is great advice. It's hard, hard advice to follow. You know, we are social beings. We do want to be recognized and valued by other people, but really putting your value, um, putting your compass on the inside and allowing your own values to to dictate your actions. Um, easier said than done, but definitely good advice. Moving us to the next question, and this is for your business. Uh, every business runs is uh, we live and die based on the people we work with and the positions we hire for. So give me the first three positions you hired for in your business. And would you do it differently if you started again today? Uh, first three positions, uh, uh, I'll, I'll go on the real estate side of things. So the first one was a bookkeeper, uh, mm-hmm. bookkeeper slash expert with, um, at the time we were using uh, RealPage, we now use Yardi. So she was kind of quasi both. Um, my partner and I didn't know that much about you know using any of the softwares or anything, and obviously keeping up with all of the accounts and the spending and all of that really really important. So we we kind of got a two for one there where uh, she was able to to dive in and start um, you know helping with the books and finances and all of that. Uh, the next one was you know property staff right helping us uh, manage the property. You know we we've had property remote pretty well since the beginning. Uh, so we needed on-site staff, on-site, on-site service people. So I, again, fortunately I had, I have the background in construction, so I can tell when people know what, what they're talking about and when people don't know. So that was uh, a good, you know, a, a good resource to be able to tap into and and know about how much things should cost too. So, you know, kind of having that ability to be able to pick out and say like, no, let's revisit this or, you know, sharpen your pencil here. Right. So. Nice. So bookkeeper was number one. It sounds kind of like a, a operations generalist was number two. 
Uh, so, so the bookkeeper slash operations, she was kind of all in one. So again, mm. we got lucky there. She, she had that ability to be able to know the software and then know the accounting side. So, mm. um, I would definitely say bookkeeper again, depending on what type of volume you're doing, bookkeeper, controller, whatever, however you want to look at that, someone to manage those, especially if you don't have that skill set. Like I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not one to sit there with all the spreadsheets of, you know, this came out and then we put it over here and, you know, this payment, uh, you know, the the check bounced over here and like all of that stuff, you know, creates a lot of work to be able to go through. And obviously, the bigger that you get, the more that you start doing, the more all that stuff keeps piling up. So, um, so yeah, so for us, it was that that bookkeeper slash uh, operations person. Um, and then, and then the property staff, we hired the, the, the property manager and then the service, the service person, service manager. So cool. All right. Next question is about the U S it's a big place, a lot of opportunity out there. Give me the Metro you are most excited about investing in today. Um, I would say where we have these next opportunities. I'm always, you know, once we, once we, once we get to know an area, um, we pretty well broadcast out. I'm always typical entrepreneur. I'm always looking for the next thing, right? So, um, so Dallas is where we're going into mm. now, which is, I believe, if I remember correctly, I think it's the second fastest growing. No, I'm sorry, Houston. It's Houston, not Dallas. Uh, it's the second fastest growing uh, metro in the country, which, which is, is crazy because Houston is massive. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's yeah, not yeah, a small and it's city. just getting bigger and bigger. And obviously, everybody's moving to Texas and Austin and all of that too. So. Um, so yeah, so Houston is really exciting. Uh, again, we've got that opportunity that's under contract and then, um, uh, we're looking at some, some things in, uh, in the Tennessee area too. Um, Nashville, Chatta, Chattanooga. Um, what, what's the other Knoxville. one? Knoxville. Yes, yes, yes. Which is where Jake and Gino are, are, you know, focused at too. So, um, so yeah, so those, those areas are where we're, you know, really excited about right now. So. Yep. Sounds solid. Dallas is actually, that's the the area that I have. Um, we're on a couple self-storage facilities down there and we're looking for more. So love Texas. Cool. Great, great place to invest. Um, next question is about finding deals. So every, every transaction, every project starts with finding the deal in the first place. So what is your favorite way to find good deals? Um, so the way that we, I, I'll, I'll make this statement. So the way that we kind of divvy up the the work between my partner and I. I I do a lot of the all the operations side and run everything. Uh and he handles the the new opportunity side of things. Although, you know, when we go to these events and everything, we both kind of you know fill in on that. So I would say that what we've had the the most um the best, I don't want to call it luck because it's not luck, but the you know the 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 most, most success the most success, that's a great way to put it. Yes. Uh, is, you know, just networking with people and getting to know people and understand, you know, people building that relationship. We're big on relationships, you know, across our entire company. Um, our, our company name is significant, which is, you know, basically, um, and we can get into that. That's a whole nother story, but it, that the, the whole foundation is all about relationships and being built on, uh, on those relationships. So we try to maintain, you know, as many relationships with other owners, operators. Um, and actually I, I joined another guy named Tim Bratz. I joined his group as well when I was, you know, learning all of this. And he made a statement that made a lot of sense. And he said that <laughs> you're, you're an owner, you're a, 
uh, an investor and you're a seller, depending where you are in in you know your your cycle, right? So sometimes you might have money to deploy. Um, and you, you know, maybe you're looking for another property, but maybe you don't want to bring on another property. So you partner with somebody else who has that property. Um, you might have a property that you want to sell, right? Um, so, so understanding that the people that play in this game can fill in different things, depending where they are again in their cycle is really, really impactful to me. So like, those are the types of people that we want to be around the other owner operators, you know, we can talk shop, this is working, this isn't working. And then when the time is right, you know, maybe they might want to invest, maybe they might want to sell, maybe they might want to buy, right? So, um, you know, kind of feeds into all of those, all of those different categories that are useful, again, depending where we're at. So yeah, that's the first time that's uh, been mentioned on the show, but I feel like it's a good paradigm. Um, And it's totally true. Each individual investor, I always... You always think of people as just being buyer. At least I always, I used to always think of people as just being buyers. We're all out there just looking for good deals, um, but that's not. I mean, it's not the case. At any point, you're going to have multiple hats on. In fact, I have the owner, the investor, and the seller hat on right now. Yeah. Um, and yep. so you're going to be multiple people throughout your career, and that's the same for every single person you meet in the industry. So, great, great paradigm. I love that. Um, I was going to go to the next, the last question, but before we do that, I want to ask about your company name, Invest in Square Feet. How'd you guys come up with that one? Uh, so, so Invest in Square Feet, that gets back to, uh, so this is the podcast and that gets back to what the core thing is that you should be looking for when you invest in real estate, right? All comes back to the square, the square footage, right? So what a lot of people do is they will... Uh, when they're going through and, and I, we've got an opportunity, right? We have to go and look at the comps. Are the comps, uh, can you get to where these comps are? You're two, three, $400 under market, whatever, whatever that looks like, right? But what a lot of people will do is say, well, we have a two bedroom and there's a two bedroom over here. So they're getting $1,500 a month or whatever the rent is. And we're only at a thousand. So we should be able to get 1500 a month too. Well, what happens if this if this unit is this one that's getting fifteen hundred? Maybe it's fifteen hundred square feet, and yours is seven hundred and fifty square feet. So you want to figure out you want to invest into what the square footage is. So you want to know what that comp is on a square footage price, and then apply that to whatever the size is of your uh, your two bedroom. And then you'll get what the market is for that particular that particular property. So always look at the at the square feet, and that's that's a that's a a tip for anyone who is being presented with an opportunity as well. You know what? How does that when you when you look through the OM? How does it compare on a square footage basis? Like, are these way out of whack? Are you know, or is it aligned? Right? And then you'll be able to tell how how uh, likely is it that they're going to be able to hit whatever the returns are that they are projecting, right? So nice. invest in square feet. That's kind of where that all comes from. I like it. That is a uh, that is a good distinction and totally true. Um, in uh, in self-storage, net rentable square feet, that's what you look at. That's the yep. thing that matters. doesn't matter. Unit count doesn't matter anything else. It's how many square feet are you renting out? So Exactly. Yep. Good. Uh, good point. Um, all right. That leads us to the very last question. This one's for the listeners. You've given us a lot of good advice. I'm sure people want to reach out, get in contact with you. 
what is the best way for people to go out there and uh, get in contact with you, find you wherever, however you like to be contacted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, come check out the show, invest in square feet. Um, we always have, you know, different updates and all of that. We've got a newsletter to to sign up for there. Uh, and then I'm active on LinkedIn most of the time. So it's just Matthew Shields uh, on LinkedIn and uh, hit me up there and love to love to talk, love to help however I can. So, and let mention that, you know, you, I, I so I get a lot of, a lot of influx through LinkedIn too. So mention, you know, the real estate investing club. So I know, you know, where you came from, where you heard me at and, you know, make sure they get back to you. So. Cool. So that is uh, invest in square feet. It's regular, you know, invest in and then sqft.com. Yep. I will put yep. that link in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Matt, just click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there you can find his URL. All right, man, that wraps it up. Thank you uh, very much for hopping on the show. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Thanks, Gabe. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe, at therealestateinvestingclub.com. And if you guys want to support the show, all we ask is you give us a review on Apple. It's the best way to, to, to help us out. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.